0: words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned on this program
1: no longer exist. Blind Like Me does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io.
2: To join, send a blank email to blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io that's blind like me plus subscribe at groups.io
3: Phil Parr, welcome to this week's edition of our show called "Blind Like Me." Uh, I don't know which one this is. We've done so many now. I can't keep count anymore. I do know this, however, we are visiting with a gentleman from uh, down in the Valley of Texas. If you're not familiar with the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, it is in very, very south Texas, almost to Mexico. Close to Mexico. Did it do what now? Very close, right on the border. Very close, right on the border. Raul Reyes, did I pronounce your name right? Yeah. He is our our guest today, and you live in in Edinburgh, Texas. That's right. What uh, You know what the population of Edinburgh is? About 30,000. 30,000 people. Well, that's a good-sized town for a blind guy to live in, I suppose. <laughs> Now, would you you consider yourself a Hispanic or a Mexican or a Tex-Mex? Tex-Mex? You're you're Tex-Mex. Yeah. And that that term doesn't bother you, does it? Oh no. Tex-Mex.
1: No, because
3: I'm
1: um, and raised here. Though I come from um, Mexico or, or Latinos. Uh-huh. So we are a Latino family. Hispanic.
0: Yeah.
3: You, were you born here? You were born in the U.S. or born in Mexico?
1: Uh, no, I was born in Mexico.
3: You were born in Mexico? Yeah. And so you're actually uh, Mexican?
1: Yeah. I you say that, yeah.
3: But so you're in Texas, according you... to
1: my, According to my uh, citizens' status. Uh, it does say that I was
0: born in Mexico. But I'm according to your heritage, you naturalized uh, U.S. citizen. Oh,
3: yeah, well, I'm sure of that, but uh, you were you were actually born in Mexico, so that uh, Tex-Mex, that's, that's what we call that food that we eat, that kind of <laughs> bastardized by Mexican food that
1: Well, we yeah, eat. this is why we're mixed, because uh, the food and us are pretty much alike in um, our customs, are have. Uh, they're more bilingual than, than yeah. You know, Classes are also very mixed.
3: I could live on on that food, on a, uh, on tortillas and cheese and, and rich. <laughs> hamburger meat. I could. I love it. Uh, you know, I go at least once a week, and we've got—it's it, the cheapest thing to do for a restaurant. You know, so so we have a lot of restaurants that that do it because uh, it's the it's the cheapest food to fix—a whole lot cheaper than than barbecue would be or something like yeah. that. You know. Yeah. Okay, and you were—you're were, how old did you tell me? Fifty-seven, fifty-eight? Uh fifty-eight. Fifty-eight years old. So you, but you didn't start out blind. You started out as a perfectly sighted uh, young man.
1: That's right. Um, are over forty uh five years I had good eyesight.
3: Good eyesight and you what did you do uh, when you could see what did you do for We a used living?
1: to I come from a uh, uh my grade and my my father, mother we used to migrate. Uh I was born from uh, twelve uh, well it's actually eleven I have eleven brothers I mean sisters uh
0: uh-huh.
1: Ten sisters and one brother. I come from
0: uh, ten
3: sisters uh, and one brother.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, then my mom and dad, uh, and uh, my dad who used to be a a troquero. Uh, those are like uh, truck drivers of yesteryears. Mm-hmm. They would help people migrate, work on the uh, farm workers that work on the farm, and just uh, to go and up north all the way up to Michigan, come down to Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. Oklahoma, West Texas, and back to the valley.
3: So they would go and and they would uh, uh, harvest the crops of yeah. some kind. Yeah, all, all kinds of crops. All, like all the way to Michigan. What would they What would they do in Michigan, man?
1: Well, we started out there uh, working on the beets, sugar beets, sugar beets, Point sugar beets.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'd go to the cherries. Uh, there's other
0: uh,
1: veggies over there that. Uh, Used to work on a big plantation farm, salary farm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just number of uh, jobs, all kinds of jobs. That.
0: Uh, and, and, and that's a perfectly.
3: I mean, that's the. Way, is, it, is that? Uh, do they? Do, is that still done?
1: Yes. Uh, yes. In a smaller scale, but it's still done.
3: But it's still done because we don't have enough. When when crops are ready to harvest, there just aren't enough people to do it. So they. All right. So they have workers. Uh, workers who come in, and you're, but your your daddy drove the truck.
1: He didn't. Yeah, yeah he was a truck driver. He... That's why I call him a truck driver or a truckero At that time, it's not uh, then. The truck driver name changed to the uh, semi truck driver, the tractor driver.
0: But uh, okay,
1: Oh no, this is uh, just uh, what is it? Um, eight uh, wheeler. I mean, just uh, just a regular.
3: Eighteen wheeler, big big truck. Yeah, big yeah. trucks. And he would haul people over here to work. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you were so you were, that was your family. So you you rode with him. You ride oh, up. Oh yeah,
1: in, I had to. That was the oldest in the family. I um. I had to help him out. Uh, uh, the oldest boy, or uh, you know. Sure. So I was with my dad all the time helping him out. Anyway, we could that I could. Yeah. I so was his right hand it was a father and son thing at the time
3: yeah when when you got old enough it became father and son deal right yeah and you never had any idea that you, you never met any Did you know any blind people you didn't
1: when i went blind i thought i was the only blind guy in the world
3: the only one in the world. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, no, I, there's lots of us. So you, yeah, I know. You never had been around any blind people before. No, nope,
1: no, nope, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know anybody that was blind.
3: And and before you went blind, you were still doing this, right? Driving the truck and helping yeah. your dad, and you yeah. always bringing people over here to work. Uh, and, in
1: the later later year, I was working for a shear mill uh, because I didn't want it to go up north anymore. I raced,
0: right. I got married,
1: and had four of my own, you know, I had two girls and two boys, uh-huh. and uh, I didn't want to migrate anymore because I wanted my kids to get educated, so I yeah. could go year round school. Sure. And uh, so I started working here in the valley, in Santa Rosa. We have a sugar mill.
0: A sugar mill, yeah. Yeah,
1: and uh, I worked year round in the factory there. Uh huh. Um, I was, um, I started. In the field and moving to the factory. And then uh, um, by the end of, uh, what was it, uh, 14, 14 years and a half, I was um, serving specialist. I was a mechanic.
3: Uh, for the okay. So you worked on the equipment. You worked on the yeah, equipment there in yeah, the plant. Mechanics. So you'd worked your way up. You'd learned how the equipment works, and you'd learned how to fix it. Right. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So
1: So I went, a, you know, pretty... All the way up. I was. Uh, uh, I work as a mechanic. Went out to a gentleman, and I was working on my millwright. And that's highest. Yeah. A man can go and, that's
3: in. That's good as it gets, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, your, that's good as your yeah, yeah. And so you were. You had a uh, what they would consider a pretty fair job, didn't you?
1: Uh, at the time, I had the best. Uh, that I thought I was here in the valley. Uh huh. I had a good paid job
0: and
1: uh, a lot of responsibility and a good pay, of course. Yeah, very good
3: pay. All right, so what happened? What? What? How did you? Uh-huh. How did your eyes? How did you lose your
0: eyesight?
1: Back in uh, '98, um, the uh, plant came out with a memo that uh, we just had to get a a re-evaluate, evaluate and I had to go get uh, tests for. Uh, what was it um, age?
3: Yeah, and medical, drugs. medical evaluation. Yeah, medical
1: evaluation. Okay.
3: age and drugs mainly. Age and drugs. Okay. Plus all the others, you know.
1: Yeah, eye so test and physical. Was, uh, for the first two months, it was going to be on a voluntary basis. And the company would pay for the exams. After two months, it was, uh, we had to pay our own.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And they gave us two months, so if anybody was in. Uh, drugs, or you know, to dry up. Yeah. Or quit.
0: Or quit. Yeah. Okay. You know, so they gave us a choice.
1: So at, at the time, you know, I was not uh, I didn't drink smoker. Of course, addicted drugs or anything. So I said, well, if your company is going to pay right now, I might as well go right now.
0: Might as well go have it done. Sure. Yeah.
1: And I volunteered. I said, well, I might as well be. I'll be one of the first ones. I'll go do all that. I have no no problem. So, yeah, I went through all the exams and, and physical exams and everything. And uh, when it came to my eyesight, um, I went to four or five different doctors. And all the doctors were telling me, no, you don't need glasses. You don't need glasses. But uh, uh, finally, they sent me with, you've been a diabetic for a long time. They sent me with this doctor who was a diabetic specialist. Oh. And, uh. Of course, he examined me and looked at my eyes and everything. He said, your veins are beginning to grow a little little bit bigger than normal. And uh, I have this equipment here in my office that I just bought, and it's the best thing ever, you know. In 45 minutes, I can do a treatment, and you're out. Back to work, and you don't have to worry about going blind.
3: Okay, so he was going to do some laser surgery on your eyes. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So at the time, it sounded like, well, wow.
3: Well, what a good deal. You know, it was a yeah. good
1: deal. So he said, talk to your insurance company because the procedure is very expensive. Uh, so I talked to my insurance comp- uh, insurance agency, and they said, yeah, we'll pay for it, oh, medical insurance. Good. Said, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So I did. Uh, he did uh, surgery on the left eye first. And uh, 45 minutes, yeah, send me home. Uh, the eye was supposed to come back, never did. And you know, during the last two days, I was burning. I was in pain. I kept calling the doctor, and uh, he prescribed some Tylenol with codeine, painkillers, and uh-huh. everything. And uh, I was just popping pills, you know, because I was in a lot of pain.
3: Yeah, the eye was hurting, and you, it, could you see out of it at all? No. 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 Oh, man. So, uh, second day, when I
1: kept calling that I was already taking four pills every hour. Codeine. Yeah. Yeah. And still didn't, you know, I could I could still hear I and mean, feel the pain. He said, well, come in. Let me check it. And he said, you shouldn't be having problems anymore. I went in the office and... Uh, uh, for follow up for exam, and when he was examining that eye, the left, he was looking at the right one also, and he said, "Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just taking a little time, but uh, let me do it on the other eye while you're here." Yeah. So I said, "Hey, Doc, I'm driving all by myself. You know, I can't see out of this eye. What happens if I can't see out of the other?" Oh, no, 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 big deal, no, no, no. It won't happen. Won't happen. Won't happen. So he assured me, and, and, well, he convinced me anyway. He said, tomorrow, maybe in two days, you go back to work. I said, well, I love that idea. So I said, okay, let's do it on the other eye. Well, yeah, it took 45 minutes for the job to be done. No. But, uh, there I was, after that, he said, uh, 15, 20 minutes, and your eyes should clear. Well, I, uh, um, he never did.
3: It never did.
1: It never did. I I waited and waited and oh, waited.
3: Oh, man. I am. Uh, and you drove to this doctor's office. Yeah.
1: So oh, it was about well. 4 o'clock in the evening, and I know it was getting late. And I went, I went. I had the pickup park right there at the office, so I went out. And as good as I could, I knew where the truck was parked. And I uh, got in the truck. Turn on the radio, you know, got in the truck and put on the radio. I was driving a pickup, and all of I heard this big truck coming. I know it was a truck because I've been a mechanic all my life, Yeah. and I heard the diesel engine. I said, oh, this is a truck. And I saw a shadow, you know, coming towards me. There's only one way, getting out of the hospital, and I said, well, if I can follow this shadow, I'll be okay. You know, the like, I take me. So you, wait, wait, close wait, to
3: wait, But you could see a little.
1: A little shadow. Uh, just shadow.
3: Out of this one eye, one out eye. of the out of the left or right eye? Out of the left, the one I couldn't see before. The one you couldn't see very well before. Okay, all right.
1: So, I don't know, it was an instant thing. I just turned on the engine and, and, and follow up that shadow. huh. So I knew, you know, that I was kind of estimating all the time where I was because I wasn't sure where I was. All I knew was I was following this shadow. When it got kind of uh, disappeared, I stepped on it a little bit more, and when I started seeing it, I slowed down, and I just headed for a distance, you know. And, um, well, I was very lucky. That uh, shadow, track, whatever that I was following just passed right through my house.
0: Yeah. So uh, I
1: just drove in there in my house, and um, that was the last time I drove.
3: And, and, and oh, okay, we're, we're at a place where we need to take a break. This is a this is quite a story, man. Uh, this is amazing. Let me let me take a little break, and we'll come right back uh, with more Raul Reels and, uh, Reyes, rather. And uh, and I didn't roll my R's, did I? <laughs> and, uh, Reyes, Re, Reyes, yeah. Raul Reyes is our guest. guest. Reyes. And we'll be back in just a minute with more Blind Like Me. Hang on.
4: 2004 in Houston, Texas. We'll record our 100 blind handyman and show, and you're invited to the celebration. We'll arrive Friday, November 5th at the Sheridan on JFK Boulevard. Saturday, we'll spend the day talking about issues related to blindness. Then Saturday night, it's on the live music and karaoke. Sunday morning at 11 a.m., we'll record our 100 blind handyman show, and we've got something special planned for Sunday afternoon. Then Sunday night, it's more live music and karaoke. A great time to meet old friends and make new ones. For more information, call 936. 634 9500 or email philpar at txucom.net. We'll see you in Houston in November. We promise you a great hotel, a good time, and perfect weather. Call 936 634 9500 or email
0: philpar at txucom.net.
3: This is our guest on uh, on the Blind to Blind on Me show. I'm Phil Parn, and uh, we are talking about his eye condition. You could see uh, fairly well when you went to this wonderful doctor. Oh, yes. And this doctor operated on one of your eyes. You were in excruciating pain and taking Tylenol, two or three, an hour. Went back to him, and he talked you into letting him do the other eye. And this man put your eyes out, didn't he? Yep. Sure did? Did that he did. he the last time I saw. Did he? What happened? Did he
1: ever explain? Yeah, well, of course. Uh, um, I came home, and when I got home, that like I said, uh, and the pain just got worse because now it was not just one eye; it was two of them.
0: Both eyes, yes.
1: So, you know, I kept complaining and complaining, and and, and the next day I went back to the office, and well, they have to take me. They took me to the office next time because I couldn't drive anymore. And he looked at it and looked at it and, and just prescribed uh, more painkillers. And uh, till one day uh, he said, well, I'm sorry. Uh, your eyes are beyond uh, repair. You will never be able to see again. So uh, I was very depressed and very, you know,
3: did you, let me, let me, just hold on just a minute. Did you call a lawyer?
1: Yes, after that, yeah.
3: You called a lawyer?
1: Yeah, after that, after he told me that I couldn't see anymore, I was not ever going to be able to see anymore, I said, well, wait a minute, Doc. Why I could, not?
3: I could see when I came in yeah, here.
1: I was driving, you know, I was driving, I could see very good. I was not even wearing glasses. He said, well, uh, your eyes being, uh, they're no longer be able to see out of them anyway. So after that, you know, I got, uh, well, I just got very depressed and um, tried to commit suicide after that because uh, that was a very big shock to
3: me. How how old were you now?
1: Uh, Uh, I was around 46, 47,
3: 48. 48. And you you weren't even wearing glasses when you went in this man's office. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that's just that's heartbreaking. You know, you think about it. Uh, yeah. I've never been able to see, but to have that sight and someone just take it away from you. Yeah, it was. Uh, it,
1: it was something very, very that I took very hard at the time.
3: Oh man, so you got depressed. You considered committing suicide, or you tried to commit suicide, and
1: yeah, but it didn't work.
3: Well, good. I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> that's
1: good. And you are because. I'm
3: still here today. <laughs> and, and you're glad now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's something, it would it would be a shock for a, a guy that had been able to see and never thought about being blind. And, and like you said, you thought you were the only blind person in the world. Yeah, I, I thought I was the only one.
0: Oh. So
1: after, after a while, you know, uh, um, Texas Commission for the Blind, uh, I don't know how to, I got, I went to see him and they came to see me, and we started talking, and um, they said uh, um, during during the going back and forth, they told me if I wanted to get rehabilitated, that I could go to school in, in Austin, but I had to go to school in Austin. Yeah. That's Chris Cole.
0: Chris Cole, yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, I said, well, I've been away from school for 20-some years, and this time going to to a school start school again yeah a place where i don't know blind <laughs> you know uh, it was it was just
0: yeah
1: so much nice to think you know? your,
3: your your kids your your children you had four children and four were, children were, everything
1: four children
3: were they grown by then are well,
1: they well yeah they, they i think uh, at the time the was, was about 10, 10 11 years old
3: and and uh, they, that was the youngest one uh, mm. about 10.
1: Well, pretty much, yeah. And uh, so anyway, uh, the Texas Commission for the Blind they they said, well, if you want to go and and you know tour and see what you think, uh, they advised me to go see it and, and urge me, you know. So they did send me on the plane, and I went out there. And when I arrived at Crisco, <laughs> I thought uh, uh, when I arrived there at the school,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I heard. Because it was during the, uh, they had a lot of kids at the time. Uh, it was college prep, so they had all these kids uh-huh. in training. So I, when I came into the school, I heard a lot of kids laughing and talking. And, I mean, I thought, well, where in the world am I? You know, I, I was just amazed, shocked and all that. There were so many blind, blind kids.
3: The blind people could actually laugh and talk and have fun. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> At the time, I didn't know. I mean, I was very set.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't blame you. I would have been too.
1: Yeah. So when I when I heard all this, you know, I said, well, what is this? So they said, well, then uh, they took me around. they took me around and uh, jumped me the rooms, you know, the, what they were doing, studying uh-huh. uh, math and writing and... Spelling, and you name it. They had all kinds of uh, classes there. And they said, oh, you can learn all this. And I said, how can I learn when I'm blind? He said, well, everybody here is blind, and they're learning it. Yeah. And I said, yeah, you're right. But there was a lot of buts, you know, a lot of buts, but... but Sure. I'm going to be able to see again, you know. I don't need this. So, this is only a nightmare. But no, it, uh... um, Finally, we came back home and we said, Well, I'll think about it.
3: It's a nightmare, all right, but it's a nightmare that never ended.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never ended. So uh, I came home and the wife and myself, you know, we thought about it and we talked about it and said, Well, you're going to have to do something with your life. You know, you just can't sit there and, and die. Yeah. So it was very hard for me to leave my kids, my children. And, uh, so I will say, well, I have no choice. Uh, I am. Um, yeah. I did win. I uh, went to Crisco for nine months, which I was very happy. Once I got there, you know, got, uh, uh, start going and started doing a lot of things that I thought was impossible to do. Yeah. So I had my, my first blind rehabilitation there. And of course, while I was there, I saw counselors and, um, you know everybody that was there,
3: and they, they started teaching you braille or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. started.
1: So I started. Um, and, um, teaching me braille, uh, housekeeping, and well, I went through the whole process of uh, training, rehabilitation. Yeah. So uh, while I was there, one of the uh, lawyers there, the uh, not lawyers, but uh, one of the counselors asked me if, you know, if I was going to see a lawyer. And yeah. Said, well, uh, you think I should? And I said, well, the way you're saying, you know, what happened to you, it's, you know, this doctor is in fault.
3: We need to get this doctor out of business is what we need to do.
1: So I came back home and, and uh, went to see a lawyer. Um, we talked to a lawyer, and, yeah, they they, they were amazed. And later uh, to find out uh, what Chuck us all that, Fourteen of us have gone blind with this doctor. We're right next to each
3: other. Fourteen people have gone blind with this doctor? Yep. Is this doctor out of business? Nope. He's still in business? Still in business. I have a brother-in-law that works for a firm in Austin that sues doctors. <laughs> I, so I do. My wife is an, is an attorney. Yeah. And anyway, we probably need to tell you, this guy needs to be, he needs to be gone.
1: So, I was, um... I was for about almost four, three weeks and a half in court. And you know, we did went to court and everything. And um, it was uh, the judge and the doctors were very, very good friends. And uh, they went coughing coffee all the time. And they belonged to the same association and everything. So uh, the judge and the doctor were always uh, against us or my lawyers, my lawyers got uh, uh, got kicked out of court because the judge didn't want didn't want my lawyer to um, be asking so many questions. So she warned my one of my ju- uh, my lawyers that if she couldn't control herself, she was going to kick her out of his court. And uh, the judge, my my lawyer got real mad and said, "You can't kick me. This is not your your court. This is our court." And he just called the uh, uh, one of one of the
0: uh, um, the Bayless, officers yeah. that
1: were there at Baylor and said, Drag this lady out of my court uh, room. So they just fired my 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 uh Your lawyer? Was defending me. Yeah. So I was without a lawyer. So right after that uh the the uh, I I played uh, not the company you know, I cannot compete. Uh, didn't defend myself.
0: So uh, you, you you
3: decided that you couldn't that there was nothing you could do.
1: Well, I was all sort of alone against yeah. the other side. The doctor had about uh, six lawyers, and uh, I didn't even uh, that much about laws and everything, you know, and, and, uh, so I, could, how could I, uh, I was not I I not compete with these lawyers uh-huh. since the uh, judge had already, uh, kicked out my lawyer. So I had no defense. Yeah. So, uh, we ended, we ended the, uh, the court right there, but during, during the, uh, um, uh, we find out during, during the court that the, uh, the equipment that he was using it was not good. Uh, he had bought some uh, equipment that was not calibrated. Yeah. And uh, using contaminated laser. It was a big thing during the time because uh, 14 of us uh, had gone blind right next to each other before they happened.
3: But now you finally just dropped it or what?
1: Well, at the time, we uh, um, we had to, uh, the, my lawyers could not come back. Uh, into the court because they were already, and they had to uh, file uh, to go to a higher court and take the judge into, and um I, 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 I just dropped it. I said, I was, uh, uh anyway, we, uh, they, the, the judge told me, what did I want? You know, what did I, uh, if I wanted uh, a big lump of money or, did I want to, uh, um, you know, what was I asking?
0: The judge
3: asked you that. Yeah. Uh huh. What did you tell him?
1: I said, uh, I just want, right now, you know, if I can't get uh, uh, enough to pay all my bills, 'cause I'm right behind, I'm behind my bills, and uh, I said, uh, I just want something that, in the years to come, I know I'm gonna be seeing doctors. You know, I want, I want some insurance. So he said, well, as long as you leave, you know, you don't have to worry because you're going to have Medicare and Medicaid.
3: That's right. So. Which you do have. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the end of it. That was the end of it. Oh, my boy. Sorry. Uh-huh. Oh, my boy. I wish I'd known you. How long ago was this? Uh, this is uh,
1: already uh, 12 13, about 13 years
3: ago. So the statute of limitations has run out. Yeah. It's too late now. Yeah. All right, so... And,
1: uh, well, came out of Crisco, like I say, came out of Crisco, and uh, by the time, you know, I had been rehabilitated, and I was eager to go there at uh, Crisco. They told me about this school in uh, Lirac, Arkansas. Lions World School for the Blind. So... And they were teaching mechanics, small-engine mechanics over there. And since I've been a mechanic all my life, uh, I wanted to go to this school. So, again, I came back, and I talked to the uh, Commission for the Blind here in in the valley and that I wanted to go to Little Arkansas. So, so they did send me. I got to go to uh, lines in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I got into the mechanics, small-engine mechanics. And I was there for about another... Mm, eight, nine months, I would say.
3: Now, this was studying auto mechanics. No, uh, uh, lawnmower repair. Oh, 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 small engine repair.
1: Small engine repair.
3: Okay, I got you.
1: They have that program in there. I think it's the only school. Yeah. I'm not sure now, but it's one of these schools they have.
3: Yeah, but um, you, already, you already knew a lot about small engines. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. I Yeah. Sure. I was an auto mechanic, and I was a factory mechanic, so I knew everything about mechanic. Yeah. And so they have rehabilitated me and, and during the rehabilitation they found out that I still had a a uh, mechanic skills, you know, I never lost that.
0: I knew
3: no. a lot of mechanics. Once you got comfortable being blind they would, you could you could do those things.
1: Yeah, it was just a matter of uh, changing into being more organized. Yeah. Because you know, you have to do it by taxi and just learn the new methods, but the mechanic was there. Well, you know. when,
3: you, when you take something apart, you got to get something to put the screws in, or you'll lose them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know about it. I've been that way all my life.
1: Yeah. So just be a little bit more organized. And, and once I, I learned that and work on the two and four-stroke engines uh-huh. and with either chainsaws and whatever they had there, blowers. And, uh, well, it was... Uh, it was a very good challenge because just trying to be organized and, and remember how things. It was just like afterwards, it was like a puzzle. You take it out and you know you remember. Some of uh, like for example, a carburetor. Yeah. One time they gave me 125 carburetors. Take them apart, put them back together. How many?
3: 125. 125. Yeah. That was this was at the school or yeah, at the, or yeah, did you did you training. did you do it?
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You have to go through every single one.
3: All those little springs and it, screws it, and pulleys has to be just the
1: way.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, and sometimes they check. Uh, they also work with yours, uh, you know, because they they say okay, take, it's good, but take it apart again and see if you. <laughs> I mean, if you get discouraged or you get mad or you know. Yeah, it's like for your patience. how much patience you have. But they, they make you the same one. And you got to go through the whole procedure and everything, even though if it's clean, you know, to the max, you got to clean it again and yeah. do a whole thing.
3: But they taught Definitely, you to be yeah. organized. Yeah. They taught you that if you take out a wrench, you got to put it right back where it goes, or you can't just lay it on the floor like you yep. used to. Like my brother-in-law does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> wonder. Yeah, on, I I have to get up later. Well, this, oh no, you you're can't.
3: You blind it doesn't work that way. You got to. Yeah. When I use a tool in my, I have a little wood shop. When I use a tool in that shop, I hang it right back where it goes. Yeah, I know. Because I want to be able to find it. I don't want to have to look for it. You know. Yeah. All right. I tell yeah. you, we, we uh, we've got you, you're in this school in Arkansas. You stay there nine months. Yeah. Did you ever find a job as an as a small engine repairman?
1: Well, I did get my certification uh-huh. uh at the end of the month and in both two and four strokes. And uh, um came back home, eager, ready to go back to work. But I um the commission took me to several different places and I applied for jobs different places. But at that time they would not hire a blind guy because it was too dangerous and insurance purposes. Mm-hmm. Everybody said, Well he's qualified. He can do. It. he knows his job. No insurance will cover him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, they 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 just could not hire me.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, sometimes you feel that you're being discriminated, you know. But,
3: well, uh, you are you are being discriminated against. <laughs> but what are you going to do about it? Yeah, well, you feel you feel that way. What are you going to do about it? There's nothing and you can do
1: they, about they it. They would, they would take me in and say, "Well, let me see how you can do, fix this machine, or see how you can work, or, see if you can do it, and." And they would try me just to say, Yeah, you're you're good, you're good. You know, but uh because of insurance purposes we can't hire you. Well, okay. So anyway, I I went into the commission set told me that uh, I had I I had two choices. Uh, that I could start a uh job on my own.
0: Start a business. To your own. On my, own, yeah. my
1: own job. Go into my own business. And they gave me ninety days. If I didn't make it in ninety days, that I could keep it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So at the time, that sounds pretty good. I said, "Well, I I'll
3: try." What, what, what happened to your wife during all this?
1: No, he was. We were we were living together.
3: You you, you were still living together. Yeah. So she was there when you came back from Chris Cole. Yeah, well, yeah, she was there when you came back from Arkansas. Yeah. Okay.
1: But uh, when I opened up my shop, I said, "Well, I need uh, one." thing. You need what? I, want, I needed one more thing.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I needed a dog. I wanted, I wanted mobility, independence. Okay. So, uh, I went to the Lions here in Edinburgh and told them that uh, I want to go to Lions School in Rochester, Michigan.
0: And you get your, you get a dog.
1: And get me a dog. So they helped me, and I got. A, I went to Rochester, Michigan for a month, and I got me a beautiful lamb, black lamb which she and I went around the world. Really? She was my eyes. She, I just, I mean, she was everything and she was there all always for me. Sure. So I had a lot of fun with her and, and going places and doing things. And I opened up my own shop and the dog was always there, you know, kind of keeping an eye, doing her work. <laughs> a lot of people would come and, they 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 were not too sure if they wanna come in the shop because of the dog. Oh, <laughs>
0: the they, dog never barked in her life <laughs> never bite anybody.
3: How did you do with your shop? Did you do good? Hey well um after a
1: while they they cancelled me and they said, well it's better that uh that you go uh, uh, as a hobby. You know, don't try to do the business because they're gonna take all benefits away from you. Uh huh. So they advised me not to, you know, they said, 90 days, well, work 90 days. And uh, I had I, I had the I had a license and everything to open my, my shop and everything, but since I had 90 days, and uh, on those 90 days, I just didn't report enough money that was coming in.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: a lot of times, you know, I did like some of the truck drivers do. I had two books. Sure. So
3: I would yeah, well, we don't want to tell that on the radio now, do we? <laughs> I, I understand that you got a lot of cash for jobs. Yeah. Some guy want his chainsaw tuned up. You say, "Well, I tell you, for twenty bucks, I'll do it. Uh, twenty dollar bill, I'll do it for you. It'd take about an hour, yeah. and so you would tune up his little chainsaw, and he'd be on his way, and you had a twenty in your pocket. Right? I got you.
1: So that's how <laughs> that's how I, I did uh, a lot of the work, uh, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't have to report to you,
3: so I could keep it as a hobby. And you and you kind of were able to get by with doing this, uh, in, uh, and uh, okay.
1: And um, during, during the time when I was doing that work, uh, um, well, I had already gone to Crisco. I had gone to Leroy, Arkansas. Yeah. Lions. Then I went to Rochester Mission Peace Schools, you know, for the blind. Sure. And by this time, I had known that there were a big number of blind people. That I was not the only one.
0: That's right.
1: So, um I came home, and, and while I was uh, working in my chapel and every time I had t- time, I kept checking with the Social Security and, see, and did some surveys to know how many blind people we were here in the blind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how many blind people were here in the valley. In, in the valley, yeah. Yeah, and uh, at the time, when we made that survey, we were 12,000 of us.
3: 12,000 blind people yeah. in the valley.
1: And here, I thought I was the only one. And there's there's (laughs) 11,999 others. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I had all these ideas because I already had been in Crisco and because of our culture. A lot of Hispanics here, a lot of us, uh, a lot of the Mexicans or Tex-Mex, whatever you want to call them, don't know much English. And uh, I had been in three different schools, and uh, while I was there, I was there. I knew the cry and the need of the blind
0: because uh-huh. I was with them.
1: Yes. And I was one of them. So, and I knew several people that have gone, that were in school where I was, they knew much English and they were just having a hard time. You know, just surviving in, in at school because um, they were just followers. They, they, they didn't knew much that was going on.
0: Uh-huh.
1: and Sometimes they, they gave them, a, someone would translate, but the translator was doing all the work for them. So actually the, the, the one who was supposed to be learning wasn't learning much because the translator was the one who was doing everything. Okay. So coming back here to the valley and I did the survey and I said 12,000, there's a big need. So, uh, I was working with the Texas commission for the blind and, and, and they, I talked to them. and I said, well, I want to start a training center here in the valley, a bilingual training center because uh-huh. our culture. So I got license again. you know. I opened uh, Dove Training Center School for the Blind here in the Valley. So I opened a school. At this time, uh, the only school that there was in the state of Texas was in Austin. There was no other school for the blind. Yeah. So in at Crisco. That's right. So uh, it was very hard, and I had to do a lot of talking and see a lot of lawyers and Because they wanted to know why I wanted to open another school, said, there was already one. I said, "Yeah, there's one, but it's in Austin, and a lot of
0: different
1: kids, adults, you know, they have to leave their home." And I had a hard time trying to convince people to let me open a school here in the valley, which I did. So I opened a school, and I had uh, I had it open for two years.
3: What was it called? What was the name?
1: Training
3: Center for the Blind. Dove Training Center for the Blind was open only three years, though. Yeah.
0: What happened?
1: Uh, well, after three years, uh, um, it just took a lot of energy out of me. And um, I got sick. I, I, mm. I had uh, heart failure. I had uh, quadruple bypasses.
3: Mm. Quadruple bypass. Yeah, and I had to go in the yeah.
1: hospital. And I was in the hospital for. Um, two months. Oh, my. And uh, uh, after that, uh, they put me in a nursing home for three years. So nobody could operate the school because in order to operate a school for the blind, the uh, one who's running it has to be blind.
3: Well you need somebody blind there, don't you? And there was and there was no one else to run it, so it just sort of collapsed on yeah. its of so its I had own. To close it. So you had to close. Now this was this was just a few years ago, right?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going
1: back to right. but uh four or five years ago.
3: But you were you were back independent living on yeah. your own again. Mm-hmm. So that knew you got out of that nursing home. Yeah. See that's one of my great fears is having to go to a nursing home. I don't want yeah. to do that.
1: I was there for three years, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) uh, I I came in a stretcher, and uh, so I just, you know, uh, had to be there three years. But you walked
3: walked out, right?
1: Walked out, yeah. Yeah. Finally, I was strong enough that uh, I had to prove that I was strong enough and everything, and I got me an apartment by myself.
3: Which is where you are now. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. All right, I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to take a little quick break, and I want to talk. We're getting kind of short on time. I want to talk about this birding because that's how that's how yes. we found you. Was uh, we talked We we found that you're a, uh, a, I don't know if a bird listener. I guess you'd call it. <laughs> so let's take a short break. Back uh, in just a minute with more of our show called Blind Like Me.
4: a website our crack research team certifies screen reader friendly now with this week's blind site, here's don shaw
2: well now that we've been through all the music download brouhaha so to speak there is a free mp3 music download site that i've been uh, looking at here lately and downloading some tunes from and if you like all different kinds of music I think you're really going to like this website, and the neatest thing about this site is uh, all these mp3s are legal downloads, and they're free to boot. Now, there's just one little catch to this, and that would be that most of these bands and slash groups, instrumentals, tunes, you have probably never heard of the artist, which now that's not saying, saying anything bad, because... A lot of the groups slash tunes music on this site is excellent. Uh, Even though you've never heard of the group, it's uh, anything from the old, uh, remember the garage type bands back in the 70s. You'd be uh, walking down the street if you're old enough to remember this on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, you'd just hear a a group there uh, set up in the garage jamming. It It was great. Late 60s and early 70s, if you're old enough to remember, was a really great time to be kicking around. Anyway, everything from garage bands that you haven't heard of to uh, uh, blues bands, of course, rock and roll, country, uh, even some classical. And what's kind of cool about this site is uh, everything is uh, in categories and then subcategories. Like example, uh, for the bluegrass music, they may have like alternative bluegrass, progressive bluegrass, bluegrass standards, you know same thing with jazz smooth jazz traditional jazz and then of course a lot of the old standards now this site is new just getting off the ground so they're going they're they're always uh, adding tunes you can go up there one day and visit again a few days later and uh, you'll see lots of new things on the site if you ever went to check out the old mp3.com music site back a year or so ago. It's uh, something real similar to that. I think one day it's going to be a big hit. If you're a big music fan it's sure worth going to look at and uh, download your uh, your list of mp3s. The only thing for me I wish that the site has would, would be a sample. Just a small sample of the mp3 you could hear before you'd go and download it. That's the only drawback and that's something I hope that they'll get in the future go and take a look. It's www.music.download.com slash 2001-1 underscore dash 0 dot html. And if you can get through that long address and get it into your browser... And go and look at it and can uh, wade through some of the different uh, frames on the page. It's uh, definitely worth looking at. You'll be glad you checked it out, I think. I'd have to give it a screen reader friendliness rating right down the middle of a five. Good for the old screen reader navigational skills. Anyway, have fun with the site. I'm Don Shaw. Until next time, keep on blind sighting. If you found a screen-reader-friendly website you'd like us to mention, send your email to
4: blindlikeme, all one word, at txucom.net. And join us again next time for Blind sites.
3: Our guest is Raul Reyes uh, from Edinburgh, Texas, down in the Valley, South Texas. We hear lots of accordion music and lots of folks. If you don't speak Spanish down there, you have a hard time communicating. I will tell you, uh, and and you, uh, we've gotten him through lots of. Uh, it's quite an interesting uh, life story, my boy. You ought to write a book. You know, you <laughs> ought to, you ought to get all this down on paper. It's it's quite an interesting story. Now, we found you through an article that we saw in the Lufkin News about your uh, listening for birds and being able to identify birds. Tell us about that.
1: Okay, after I came out of a um, uh, nursing home by myself, I wanted to do something. Uh, then again, knowing the need here in the Valley, uh, there are no activities at all for the blind.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I've gone uh, here in the Valley. It's full of adult daycare centers, and some of us do go to an adult daycare centers, but it's for the sighted, just like at school. Uh-huh. There are no activities for the blind. At all, and uh, we have a special Olympics here, but the blind cannot compete on that because, you know, the, the uh, blind it's too smart for the special Olympics for the for special. Ed.
3: Yeah, it's for physically handicapped yeah, kids.
0: Physical, not yeah. So
1: yeah. They, I guess they don't consider blind physical. Yeah. Um, handicap. Okay. So anyway, uh, um, we started talking, and there was I heard about the birding program that the. Uh, Every year they have a big festival here about bird watchers come from all over the world.
0: Yeah,
3: the World Birding Association, believe it or not, folks, you may not know this, but the World Birding Association is in Edinburgh, Texas. That blew me away. I couldn't believe it.
1: Yep. But it is. Anyway, go ahead. And uh, um, I find out about the brain and all that uh, yeah. things, and uh, I got me a group, and they said uh, these uh Agency asked me if I wanted to start the the program, and there was an opportunity that I could go into the program, and that, but that would give me a mini grant to start this program, and I said, well, there's no, uh, you know, we talked about it. and I said, well, let's let's see if we can do something with this program and and do a uh, uh, something for the blind, so we can have something to do here. Yeah. So uh, I got me about twenty blind. Friends of mine, and we joined the program. And uh, the way here at the Warren Burn Center, uh, they made us some uh, CDs of Burt Whistling with a name first in Spanish and English and uh, the word Call. And uh, we had okay. just uh, everybody had a, a CD, and about 20. But at first, we started with twenty birds, and we cut it down to ten on An ECD, and we just learn it, just like memorizing songs.
3: So you'd learn the sound of the bird call.
1: Yeah, the and three, and
3: three CDs. They, uh, through the CD, they give you the name in Spanish, the name in and English, English, and they'd say they'd say mockingbird, and then they then, would hear they, they, would, then you'd the hear the sound of the bird. Yeah, what a great who who made these? Are these CDs made for sighted people or what? Yeah, they are. So that's just a normal, I mean, you can yeah. buy those kinds of but CDs. we
1: call, we talked to the uh, recording studio who has the right away, so the right away the, that recording, and um, we told them that we wanted to record and have it our own way so we could uh, use it. He said, yeah, they gave us the rights. So, yeah, you can you go ahead do it, but put every name in Braille. We don't have it in Braille. So we did a deal with them that we do everything here at the bird, World Burning Center here in Edinburgh. That we turn everything, make it more accessible, put everything in Braille, so when other blind people would come, yeah, if they wanted to know what you know the name of the bird.
3: Okay, but you, you, did, you did didn't it. you didn't have to change the audio CD. The, no, no, the, no, not the audio. No, it, no. It was, you just wanted to, all this literature, all the, everything they wrote. You wanted to transcribe it to Braille. Yeah. Then did you do that? Oh, sure, we sure, did. You you did you
1: helped? So we we work with the city. Parks and Recreation here in Edinburgh, or here in Edinburgh. Uh-huh. And uh, we told them what we want to do, and they loved the idea. They said, yeah, this, this will make it more accessible. And, of course, being so close to Mexico, a lot of the uh, people from Mexico, our neighbors, they come down to this World Birding Center, also to look at birds, and, you know, it's a pretty good-sized building. Sure. And uh, But everything was in English, and a lot of the people from Mexico could not read it. So they were always asking questions, well, what does this say? Well, what about this? And So we did all every every pamphlet that uh, was in there, also in Spanish and
0: in Braille. In Braille.
1: Yeah, we turned everything, <laughs> you know, make it more accessible for everybody. Okay. So uh, that made us, uh, everybody was very glad of what we were doing. Of course, we were learning the calls of the birds, and we were going all the valley, here on the valley, Different parks and yeah. wherever there were birds, and uh, learn about birds. You know, just listen to birds.
3: So you go with a group of sighted people, or you go with a? how
1: So do we you have to have sighted people to drive. Well, sure
0: you do, but, but, but you. Yeah, you...
1: but they were not competing. They were all. They were only or judges.
0: They were they only could judges. They
1: not tell us, you know, the kind of the birds and.
3: Okay. Uh, but, um, How many blind people did you get involved in this thing? Uh, I had a group of twenty. Twenty blind people, mm-hmm. and you would you'd go out early in the morning. Yeah, and the sighted people would different, take you out uh, even at night. Take you out Good. to a location, and you'd listen. And when you heard a yeah, bird, we went, in, we went
1: in groups. We went in groups and in and, uh, different places, and, and just listen to birds, identify birds by, by the call. And we have to uh, be ready because you know when you're out and on the parks or woods. There are a number of birds, there's all kinds of birds whistling, singing. So you're gonna have to you know, kinda of focus to that. That particular, you know, everybody say, Okay, uh, three o'clock. What kind of bird is that? Two o'clock, you know, we would go we would use our Okay uh, you know for direction so everybody knew we were all in in, in in groups and we were all facing the same way, so we all always in line so we knew what way we were supposed to be listening to. So, so we practice, you know, all the uh, methods. So, anyway, we competed here at, at the Valley uh, with other, and we did very good. We did very, very good. We won here in the Valley. Is that uh, right? We competed at state level. We also won at state level. We competed. But wait, 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 level. wait, wait, hold
3: it. Did the blind people competed at state level? Yeah. Against sighted people? Uh, no.
1: Some some were sighted, but uh, they had to be blindfolded. Oh,
3: well, they had to be blindfolded. Okay. Yeah, and these right. were
1: professional
3: bird watchers. Okay, so they should be able to identify. They do Yeah, they...
1: but uh, um, most of the pro- this is where the professional bird watchers uh, were very um, because they are used to see. You know, they need to see the bird. Sure. In order to see, oh, that is a. Uh, I'm not kidding, but that says yellow, that is a red, and they look at the book, and they say, this is this bird. Yeah. You know, they need to see the the, the color of the bird in order to know... Sure they do. ...what kind of bird it is. We didn't, we didn't care about colors, we just, we know the way they, they, they would whistle, they the way just, they were seen.
3: You just, you just knew them by sound.
1: So we could outnumber them, because, you know, we didn't have to be looking at books or uh, looking at colors or finding the birds. And a lot of times watching birds, a lot of the birds, they hide. You know, they're very hard to find. So and we didn't have to be looking for birds. We just.
3: So you weren't distracted by looking, having to look. You could actually just listen, right? As,
1: you know, it didn't matter how far that bird was. <laughs> we knew what kind of bird it was because we yeah. didn't have to see it
3: we' uh, 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 we're we're, uh, we're we're almost out of time. Let me just ask you this have you got are you still doing this is it oh, still yeah. oh
1: yeah, we're still doing it uh, yeah.
3: uh, as
1: a matter of fact now the
0: uh,
1: some school last week uh last uh, well, Monday yesterday as a matter of fact uh we took out uh school they went to a field trip and watch birds and they they call on us we go help them out they didn't know much about Washington. They love this program. They want to uh, expand it next year. And I think uh, uh, other people, other blind people are now also got the idea and they want to, to keep with this program. And I think we're going to have it national because a lot of people from uh, Canada and uh, France and Spain, uh, all kinds of watchers came to
0: see us.